it's interesting uh, that already there's a focus on taking care of worry or dealing with worry because, believe it or not, what's my title of my message? Joy. Probably a, a, a week I really struggled a lot and a lot of prayer, just wondering what God wanted me to share. And um, when this really started unfolding, it was Friday when it started unfolding, I, I just had to kind of laugh of how God does things. Because, you know, joy is supposed to be something we really operate in as Christians. But all of us have different responsibilities, different cares and concerns. And so um, joy is probably the thing that's robbed of us most of most of our everyday life think of it having Jesus we're supposed to live in joy and I really believe just the way we're going to talk about it and what God's doing because this is the subject he wanted us to look at that we're going to start experiencing joy but I think we're going to have to fight through some things to get our joy back and to get our thoughts and feelings and emotions adjusted so that we can experience that joy um Dory came in the office on Friday just for a few minutes, and then she just, I just started talking to her. I just felt, I just felt so heavy. I just started crying. And then uh, just yesterday, I, yesterday about 5.30, I just went out and started walking because I felt so heavy. There's different things going on in the church that people are going through things, and I just, I just take on that burden as part of that responsibility of being a pastor. And I just started walking. I just started walking, and... You know, what I've been carrying throughout the week at most during the different times and what I was just feeling so heavy as I just began to pray when I came back. It was like it all was gone. And uh, in this place where we are uh, going to apprehend our joy, you might do some crying. You might do some praying. You might do some uh, just walking it out in the presence of God. And I know he's going to show up for you. It just seems like we need a breakthrough at times to experience the joy and to get to that place where what God has for us. I want to read this. It's from uh, the Pretorial Bible Dictionary about joy. And it says, Joy is often equated with happiness, but the two are quite distinct. Happiness depends largely upon happenings. Good health, pleasant company, pleasant surroundings. Happiness and unhappiness do not exist together, but joy and sorrow can and do. The Lord was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, according to Isaiah 53.3. And but for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, according to Hebrews 12.2. What about Paul and Silas, scourged and imprisoned, and with their feet in the stocks, could hardly be described as happy, but at midnight they sang praises to God, according to Acts 16, 20-33, with such joy that, that God caused an earthquake and not only delivered them, but brought joy and salvation to the jailer, jailer's household. I'm sure all of us have had... Uh, things that give us joy, and it's maybe temporal joy. It doesn't last as long as we want. I remember uh, in my 20s getting my new uh, Flame Orange 72 Camaro, and for a brief moment I had joy, probably the day I got it. And after that, it was like car payments, keeping it clean, and then when a chest of drawers fell on it, on the fender and crushed it, 
having to get that fixed. And then when my sister backed into me during the gas wars in 1973, there was always something dropping on my car, crashing on my car, and it wasn't a pleasure anymore to have that car. What about weeping? The Bible tells us that weeping precedes joy. In Psalms 26.5, those who sow in tears will reap in joy. You know, I feel like in our society today, there are so many things bombarding us from the news, from our problems and things that we go through in our life, the situations that we're dealing with, concern about family members, friends, people around us, that we are constantly having to almost like stand up and like have this wall of like, nothing's going to take me down. And behind that wall, we're not sowing the tears of letting things be broken off of us that are keeping us from the joy that God has for us. So this scripture is very suggestive to us that we need to sow some tears. It's almost like we have to let whatever situation has beaten us, let it go through that process where we feel that we're beaten so we can let the tears out so that we can let go of it and move on so that joy can come back. David said this in Psalms 58, 56.8. You number my wanderings. Put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? You know, when we're going through difficulties and when we're in such a deep struggle, sometimes we wonder where God is. But yet, in God's book that he has written for us, as he's keeping, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, about he... Uh, he is the author and finisher of our, of our faith. He's written our story already. It's already written down, and we are living it out each day. We're, we're living a, a real-life drama that's been written out by God, that he's intimately involved with what we're going through in our life. And so being part of having sorrow or having things you have to deal with to get your joy back, you've got to experience the process. You've got to go through the breakings. It's part of the life and the joy that, that makes up our life. It's interesting, too, that, you know, sometimes we cry such bitter tears, but God bottles them. They're precious to him. And we think, like, when we cry, they're going away in the Kleenex that we provide for you. But God records it somehow, and not fully understanding what he's doing with it, but I think when we get into eternity and we see all that we've gone through, we're going to understand the value of our tears and how God holds them as being precious. In your book, God records the most difficult sufferings that you go through, the grief in the morning, the struggles that cause you deep pains, the betrayals, those things that you wonder, God, why am I going through this if you love me? In Psalms 31 through 4, the psalmist wrote, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not set my have not let my foes rejoice over me. And maybe you might say, you know what, that really doesn't apply to me. I don't feel like I have any any enemies rejoicing over me. Do you know the demonic and satanic are laughing when you're going through things, that they're rejoicing when you're struggling, they're rejoicing when you're not seeing the promises come to pass, they're rejoicing when you're going through difficulties, they're rejoicing when you're in the heat of temptation or a spiritual test. The enemy's trying to use everything he can to discourage you in your faith, 
to discourage you and to keep you so down under that you'll just give up saying, I'm never going to be happy. Why am I doing this Christian thing? Verse 20 goes on. Oh, wow, I think I have my verses mixed up, but please forgive me. My Lord God, I cried out to you and you healed me. Again, times of painful tears that bring about healing and restoration and a transformation from the condition that we're in. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. How many times that we probably don't even know that God has preserved our life from a premature death. And our soul is so vulnerable to the highs and lows that life brings us. But spiritual highs of worship are promised to return to us. Verse 4 says, Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. In Psalms 35, I feel like there's like a prophetic thought at the end of this verse. It says that the Lord's anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. This is the key phrase. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy will come again and again and again and again. Are you in a place of sorrow right now? Are you in a place of mourning? There's a promise of joy that's going to be returning to you. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Again, tears must flow. The great value of those tears that God holds, they've got to flow. They also, when you cry, there, there's a spiritual release that comes. And I think sometimes we resist going through struggles. Sometimes we resist letting down and really feeling like, we're coming under something that we've been resisting, but once it breaks and the tears flow, there's, there's a peace that comes. There's a, there's a confidence and a, and a faith in God that arises in our hearts and tells us God's going to work something for good. The spirit of heaviness. Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus. In Isaiah 61.1, it says, The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, in Isaiah 61.3, to console those who mourn in Zion. Zion is just a, another word for the family of God, the church the body of Christ, for Christians who find themselves mourning that the Holy Spirit comes through Jesus' sacrifice to comfort you in those places of grief, those places that you don't even want to go to. I know some people sometimes don't even want to deal with their grief and their pain. It's so big. They're afraid it's going to overwhelm them. They're afraid they're going to lose their mind. They won't get, regain their sanity. But God wants us to, to deal with those things so that we can have the joy that he wants for us. Isaiah 63, 61.3 goes on saying, the oil of joy for mourning. Isn't that be cool to trade mourning for joy? Huh? To give whatever that's bringing you sorrow right now, let's just trade it for joy. Today, let's, let's have some measures of receiving joy, trading off something that you've been carrying 
for joy. Here's another prophetic thought that you can write down and hang on for today. He gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I feel like that's what I had to do yesterday in my walk. The heaviness I was feeling, the, uh, all the prayers this week, and I often feel like, wow, I am going through this, but it's for a greater purpose. It's for a greater purpose. And what you're going through, that spirit of heaviness is, is something that each one of us should really take before God. You know, sometimes there are circumstances, situations we can identify that are heavy in our life. But what bothers me more is that Satan always comes to put a little more pressure in places that are real to us. And so, we don't, so often we don't understand the demonic activity with the spirit of heaviness and oppression that tries to weigh you down and tries to keep your peace and joy from you. And he can justify it by a circumstance that you know that's bothering you or something like we talked about earlier about worry, something that seems bigger, that it keeps getting itself in front of the peace of God, the love of God, and the joy of God's presence.